Hey everybody, welcome back to Rose 1 through 10. We're here this week with episode 13. We had an interesting week of racing in Las Vegas and at East Bay and at Volusia. It's a good weekend of racing. It's good to have the Outlaws back. We had a triple header in the NASCAR National Series and a solid weekend of racing overall. So Derek, how'd you enjoy it? And how'd you enjoy your birthday this past Monday? Yeah, it was good to get all the all the series racing. Glad to have the Outlaws back and birthday was good. We got to uh go out and enjoy steak dinner with my dad, so that was nice. That's that's great, man. Glad you uh glad you had a good time with that and glad I guess you had a pretty good weekend of racing to entertain you and lead up to that. But um I just did the butt on, so butt on count one. Started and, off right. Yeah, there we go. But no, it should be a pretty fun weekend of racing ahead. You know, uh, just today announced uh, Brad Keselowski's running a dirt late model at uh, Cochran Motor Speedway, which is right in my backyard, like 20, 30 minutes up the road. So that absolutely stunned me, to be honest, because of all the places and anywhere in America, I'm sure that's not the only place having a dirt late model race this weekend, especially with the Cup Series being on the West Coast. I was just floored how that deal ended up coming together and how they landed on Cochran, Georgia and middle Georgia in the middle of nowhere. I just, I, I couldn't believe it, but it should be awesome to go see. And I'll definitely be going seeing that this weekend along with some drag racing Saturday night, potentially. So. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of tough to get a ride for a late model, the world outlaws late models. So, and I'm not even sure if they're in action this weekend, to be honest, but Sure, it's hard to get a ride for that, and then with these one-day shows, I mean, it's going to open up the door for these guys to hang out and race close to home, you know, or close to where they're headed. I think we're going to see Kyle Larson in a handful of World Outlaw races come come middle of summer. I, uh, you know, I just thought if if any of these guys are going to run dirt late models, you know. Chase Elliott just announced today with an awesome paint scheme that he'll be running the Bristol Dirt Nationals next weekend in a dirt late model, along with Kyle Busch will also be running that. So, And I I look for probably more drivers to announce deals in that because I just assume all the drivers out there with the resources who maybe don't have the experience on dirt and just want to at least get a feel for something, they're going to want to get out there and get on track. But I just, you know, with I understand Kyle and Chase running that race at Bristol. I just don't know how Brad landed on the race at Cochran to race at, but it, it's pretty exciting, and I can't wait to go see it. Yeah, if these guys are going to get out and do some dirt racing, they better better get it done now because we are, as we record this, 17 days from the Bristol dirt race. So if you want dirt practice, you better get out and start doing it right now. So. I don't know if I said I don't know what the, all the ins and outs of how to secure a a late model ride, especially in the Outlaws. Um, I'm surprised Brad didn't go after the uh, late model race there at Bristol, but it, it's interesting to see that he's out running, and uh, it's awesome he's gonna be in your backyard. Let's go get to see a Cup champion run a different kind of uh, discipline than he's used to. Yeah, that's it's gonna be an awesome awesome thing to see and then uh atlanta motor speedway next weekend so as long as tickets get reseeded and everything uh we'll have a couple straight weeks of racing i guess i had a couple weeks off and now i'll have uh 
at least two straight weekends of uh of going to races so pretty uh pretty excited about that and have a little bit more uh more content for the twitter account yep but uh, we we but on count two uh we definitely had a uh good weekend of of racing this past weekend we had i think feel like the theme of this past weekend of racing was pat was guys with with new teams making statements this past weekend and i mean across the board two world outlaws winners and uh uh the the three nascar national series winners you know carson macedo gets his first win with jason johnson uh, uh aaron reitzel gets his first win with roth and then go to the nascar side john hunter Niemanchek gets his first win with kyle bush motorsports aj allmendinger gets his first full-time win with colleague racing and Kyle Larson gets his first win with Hendrick Motorsports. So across the board, we just kind of had a theme this weekend of guys with new teams really making statements. And to me, that's uh that's pretty cool to see. And there's definitely something to be said about that. Yeah. I didn't even really piece all that together. Um, the only kind of outlier there, you said, I mean, it is his first win with the full-time team, but uh, obviously AJ's won a couple races with colleague, but yeah, other than that, I didn't really, put that puzzle together and piece that together. It's kind of a neat, neat deal you came up with there. Yeah, that's definitely the way I viewed it. Just with all five of those guys across all those series is, you know, these are guys who made big moves to, to probably better rides across the board. Obviously like we, like we, AJ Allmendinger's, as you say, the outlier there, because he's been racing with colleague, but this is his first full-time deal there. Kind of felt like his first win. So it yeah, it's guys, you know, making statements that they got in, in, in better rides and you know they gotten good rides and have great full time opportunities this season and they they I think all five of the names we mentioned are guys that to watch all year that definitely have chances to uh to to break out and take those series over and better opportunities than any of them have really ever had in their career almost so. Should be uh should be pretty fun to watch, but across the board, that's kind of the way I viewed things. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I didn't, like I said, didn't piece that together. I like that. But uh, would you? Uh, that's like two and a half there. Uh, do you want to start off on the World Outlaw side? Yeah, you might as well just keep it in order, chronological order, uh, Friday through Sunday. So uh, so we had the World Outlaws on on Friday. And uh, picking up the big win at Volusia, the, the, their first win in the, uh, in a month. And Carson Macedo gets his first World of Outlaws win with, with Jason Johnson racing. And that was awesome to see. You know, Carson Macedo is a, a younger guy in this series and has a huge opportunity and, and great equipment this year. He's been driving for Kyle Larson racing before and moved over to Jason Johnson racing this year. And uh, he took the 41 to victory lane on Friday night and, that was uh that was some pretty awesome racing there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean he put on an absolute show. Came from tenth, started tenth in the feature, and worked his way up to the lead. Was four to go, and once he got to the lead, he didn't look back. Started building a gap on those guys. It was really impressive to see. Also, another impressive uh guy there over the weekend, or at least Friday night, Sam Hayforty Jr. He uh, finished second and put on a hell of a show for being one of the underfunded guys. Yeah. Sam Hanford Jr. Continues to impress at Volusia. You know, it's just a, 
another opportunity where we thought he might be getting his first win in 10 years with the world of outlaws. Because if you remember back to February, he had a lot of speed there and Friday night, he had the fastest car by far and uh, went into the, you know, led practice uh, and everything and, and went into the race and had a car and just kind of fell back as soon as the race started. But he did not fall back this time, and he was certainly a factor in the win. Yeah, very reminiscent of uh, the February race. And like I said, he actually was able to hang on to it this time and, and get a podium finish. That was uh, that was pretty cool to see for uh, for Sam Haferty. But overall, it's just great racing out there and, and, and uh, great to see the outlaws back and some of the big names, you know, maybe they, they kind of didn't shine as much as you thought they were going to this weekend. And I thought that was, that was pretty interesting with the outlaws. Yeah. I felt like they showed up more Saturday night. You had Carson Macedo pick up the win. He kind of stunk up the show, but he was putting on a damn show. He had all four tires up above the cushion Saturday night at East Bay. And that's just something you don't see guys doing these days. Um, a lot of guys are running from 18th and finished third, I believe. Yeah. Well, that was Friday. No. That was, we're still talking about Carson. I'm talking about Aaron. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I, I meant Aaron Reitzel there uh, Saturday night. He was the one had all four up above the cushion and put it on an absolute stinker Saturday night at East Bay. And yeah, I said you had the, the big names kind of show up. You had Brad Sweet second on Saturday, Carson Macedo third, Donnie Schatz fourth. And then Logan Schuhart rounding up the top five. So a lot of the big names kind of showed up Saturday, but I was I was surprised to see Aaron Reitzel running all four above the cushion. That was wild. That was a, that was certainly a, a show to see, and I believe this is the last year of racing at East Bay. Unfortunately, no, I, they, we have I till two thousand twenty four. Two thousand twenty four. That's okay. when the lease runs okay. out. So this, they got okay. They got more time than I thought they had. But uh, in that case, so but I mean, cool to see the outlaws go there for the first time in some 37 years. And they definitely uh, put on a put on a show there and, you know, makes you wonder if it's a place they're going to look to come back to in the future, because I thought it was awesome to see them racing there and it put on a good show. Well, and also, as they mentioned throughout the broadcast, uh, a lot of the fans showed up. So shout out to you fans that went out there to East Bay. I know one of my buddies that I used to sim race with, he was out there uh, and he, he enjoyed himself. That's awesome. And yeah, that was, that was uh, some great, some great racing there for sure. And a great weekend of racing. And as you say, but you know, both nights really Volusia and East Bay, the fans really showed out for, you know, those events coming together on such short notice. And it was pretty cool for the, uh, the uh, dirt late model series that was there racing with them too, uh, with the extreme dirt car series, I, I believe they uh, they put together a pool for for both nights and kind of had like a little point system going for the weekend through the two races. And I don't know who ended up taking home that crown for them, but that was awesome. It's modified, uh, but well, yeah, I don't modified. I don't care about that. I, that and late model racing doesn't really get me too jazzed up. I will be excited with. Uh, the NASCAR guys going over there, but I'm winged sprint cars all the way. Uh, I'll, I'll take all the racing I can get. I definitely follow the sprint car series the closest, but uh, I thought it was cool there without a doubt that they were able to uh, to put together that, that little point system for those two nights. So as you say, you don't follow it. I don't 
pay attention closely to those races too, but a cool thing for, for, for those guys out there. And as you say, the NASCAR guys are certainly going to be in there, uh, making, um, making an impact too, and getting some wheel time on the dirt in those late models before they go cup racing at Bristol. Yeah. And like I said, that's just right around the corner, just three weeks away. We have Phoenix, uh, Atlanta, and then we head to dirt Bristol. And I think there's, uh, Something to be said this this past weekend, if we go back to Carson Macedo, he finished third on uh, Saturday night after starting 18th. And, you know, he put on a show. You know, Matt Weaver tweeted uh, uh, Aaron Wright's all his appointments, Sprint Cartel. And then right afterwards, I mentioned uh, Carson Macedo. And Carson Yeah, that was funny. And, I mean, Carson put on a show both of those nights. And, I picked him to win the championship before the season kind of went out on a limb. I'd say picked him to win the championship in, in that 41. And I think he's going to be a factor all season. And, you know, with, with that piece he has under him, he's going to be a, a, a handful all season and he's going to be one of the most fun guys to follow and watch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he showed it so far uh, with the four races or so, give or take that we've had. Um, and he's currently the point leader as we head into the rev this weekend. Indeed, he is. Uh, he just took that lead this past weekend. So I mean, he took it away from Logan Schuhart, who uh, Logan Schuhart had that spin on Friday night as he was racing for a second. Spun it, uh, spun it. That was Friday night. Uh, right? It's hard to say. At Volusia. When he was racing, I think it was Friday night at Volusia, uh, Logan Schuhart was racing for the lead, then racing the second and uh, ended up going around and uh, ruined his night. So. That was that was pretty crazy to see because one second he was racing for the lead, and the next second he was spun around. So that kind of came from out of nowhere and was a real surprise. Yeah, that definitely hurt his uh, hurt his points there Friday night. But I'm sure he's looking to bounce back. And once we get into the grind of the schedule, you'll see these guys starting to show up, and it's shaping up to be one hell of a points battle with all the big names we got battling. That's for sure, and. Uh, you know, uh, we'll continue to go to more new tracks too, as as say this weekend. You know, going to uh, Louisiana and to Mississippi, uh, two two tracks that I also believe that the out. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe they've been to either of those tracks. I don't know if time. they've ever been there, to be honest. So, I, I said I have to go back and check on that, but it's definitely been a long time. So that that's pretty cool that they're they're getting to all these new places and that as far as the dirty south swing they were able to get two of those four races rescheduled. Uh, crazy to wonder what happened to the other two, but we'll uh, we'll move on and recover from that at least. But uh, should be some good racing in, in Mississippi and Louisiana this this weekend for the yeah. Outlaws. Funny you say that they actually have a shirt that they released today, and it actually has the Talladega track on there. Oh, and uh, I'm I guess probably I'm sure it did. I, I saw Talladega. So. Couldn't can't confirm if it had Dixie or not, but I'm sure it did. It was for the Dirty South Swing. Um, kind of unfortunate we didn't get those races in. Yeah, basically. So they put out that shirt, I guess, to just troll everybody down in my woods. So that that was nice of them. Appreciate that. Uh, couldn't couldn't couldn't. Uh, that was really nice of them. So appreciate. That. <laughs> but um. You know, uh, Butterham counts at like three and a half. Keep now. it up. But 
yeah, I, I'm I I am trying to be cognizant of that. You know, I don't know why that's my default. Can't confirm Dixie Speedway is on there. Ah, so that's uh that's a tough break. That's a tough <laughs> break right there. That as I say, that's uh basically trolling everybody down in my neck. So it's, it's a collector's so, item now. If you are fans of those tracks. I mean, if you want to buy a fake news shirt, you can uh, definitely go on the World Outlaws website and uh, get a, a shirt that, that does not tell the truth on uh, shows events that never happened. So if you're into that kind of deal, there you go. I have a shirt back at home. It's a uh, Carl Edwards shirt in the 19 car with the 2017 NASCAR schedule on it. As you know, Carl Edwards never ran that NASCAR season. So the day Carl Edwards announced his shocking retirement in January, I scooped up that shirt on the website because I thought it was going to be a collector's <laughs> item. Might be if he uh, runs for Senate here in the next couple weeks. That's uh, that's that's another interesting story. I haven't really read in too uh, much Senator- on it, so I'm not going to comment too much on it. I don't know the ins and outs, but if you have a little insight, maybe you could talk about it. But I, Yeah, I mean, there's no real insight other than the senator there isn't running for re-election and there's there's there was rumors i believe in 2018 that carl edwards is going to run for that seat he never did and now we're back here again and there's rumors of carl edwards running for that senate seat again in missouri so that would be very interesting to see if we have senator carl edwards he's guy uh, haven't heard from in a while so hope carl's doing good out there somewhere he's not an easy guy to uh to track and because he doesn't do social media or any of that. And I don't think he's done any media in the last two years. I don't remember the last you've heard from Carl, but I guess he's out there on a tractor somewhere just riding around his farm. Living the good life. That's for sure. But, uh, okay. That's about four. That was another half one. All right. With that, we can move into the trucks. yeah, so uh, no, nothing else on Outlaws? Or no, I think that, we've uh, covered everything. you have to say? Or... Sweet. So uh, we move into the trucks. I watched Truck Race Friday night and did the tweets for it. I don't – were you fully locked in? On yeah, the once the Outlaws or... was over, I, well, I mean, I, I got the gist of it. I didn't seem like I missed much. That's for sure. So uh, John John Hunter Niemenjack definitely had the uh, the dominant truck and the four truck for Kyle Busch Motorsports and – He's going to be a force to reckon with this year in that series. You know, he's a guy who got a little bit of experience in the Xfinity series and a little bit of experience in the Cup series and now came back down to the truck series. So, I don't, I mean, he can win 10 races this year and we still have no idea how that decision's going to work out for him. But in the meantime, he gets to race for trophies at least at, at, at this level. And, so far, so good. He's doing exactly what they uh, what they signed him to do in that four truck. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing. He's he's almost got to go out here and win with all the Cup Series experience he has. I shouldn't say all, but he's has a year of Cup Series experience and a handful. I mean, he's been in the Xfinity Series since I can remember. Um, yeah, he ran the forty two part time in twenty eighteen, and then won a race at Kansas that year, and then he ran for. Uh, the 23 and GMS Motorsports in 2019 and didn't do very well in that. Yeah, car. but I said he has and all the experience got, and, got and he he's got to go out here and and kind of whip up on these boys because that's how he's going to get noticed and get that top tier Toyota Cup ride that he's 
I think going after it might take a couple years just because of the way the landscape is. Um, but I think in the next three years, you're going to see eight Toyota seats in the cup series. That's, you know, we've, we've mentioned that a couple times on this podcast, but that's going to be a, a story to follow is what happens with Toyota in the cup series. You know, how many, how many cars are, is 2311 going to end up racing? And then, you know, what's going to happen with Joe Gibbs racing? You know, you only have four seats. You got veteran drivers there. So are, are some of these younger guys at Toyota going to need to end up moving on to other manufacturers? Because I don't think Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. are going anywhere anytime soon. And obviously Christopher Bell just moved into that car. So, and he's already won a race. So, you know, I think those three guys, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. are locked in pretty solid there for the next few years. And obviously with, with Christopher Bell, we saw what happened with Eric Jones. You know, Eric Jones didn't go out and equal the results of those three veteran champions, Kyle Busch, Truex, and Hamlin. And uh, Eric Jones was let go because I guess the expectation there is you – produce the results of those three guys or you you leave and that's probably I guess that's going to be the same expectation for Christopher Bell and he's already won a race and he's going to need to keep that pace up if he's going to keep that ride because Joe Gibbs has proved he's not going to be uh, slow to move on from guys as we've seen with Daniel Suarez and Eric Jones now so but if Christopher Bell is able to produce those results, then I'd say those four seats at Joe Gibbs Racing are pretty solidly locked up for the next few years. And then it's going to come down to, does Toyota acquire another team? How many seats does 23-11 racing add? There's going to be a lot of questions there. Oh, sorry, I had you muted. My bad. Uh, I think Denny Hamlin, uh, I think he's probably looking to retire sooner than later. If that's maybe a hot take, but yeah, I think Denny Hamlin's looking to, to maybe get out sooner than later. Same with same could be said with Martin Truex. Um, he's got a lot of other hobbies. I think he he's done and accomplished enough in Cup to where that he could walk away and be happy. So I think you see those two guys as ones that would be the first to go. You could also say Kyle Busch. I mean, hell, almost every year after whether he wins the championship or not, there's speculation that he's he's going to be done in the Cup Series. Um, and I know that Kyle Busch would want to go to the Truck Series, so he wouldn't be walking away from racing completely. But I, I know he wants to go to the Truck Series and probably, probably win a championship there and be the first to uh, win all three. I just think all three of those guys right now are – they're racing at a high level and competing for championships every year. And I just don't think I don't see any of those three guys having a desire to walk away from that. I mean, you think Denny Hamlin's going to retire early, but my we'll come back to that would be it's Denny Hamlin. Cause if he was, if he's planning on retiring, then why did he take such exception with what Kyle Petty had to say about the veteran guys? Cause he definitely took exception to that. And if he was planning on getting out soon, would he have been as offended What did Kyle Petty say? I don't know what you're referring to. Well, Kyle Petty, I don't, I, I'm don't. i surprised you missed that whole deal, but Kyle Petty uh, said that after Ty Gibbs won at the Daytona Road Course that the veteran drivers at Joe Gibbs Racing need to be looking over their shoulders. And 
Denny Hamlin fired off a tweet storm and, you know, was talking about how, you know, tweeted his stats of all the races he's won the last few years and how he was leading the point standings at that time and said, you know, take your sources and, or it, it basically said, uh, consider the sources of where you get your racing news from. And basically just completely called Kyle Petty on the mat, Matt and said that was a just fake. Yeah. I mean, I have to agree that it is kind of because create. the way Kyle Petty's wording it is saying that, Oh, if these veteran drivers aren't performing, that these young guys are outperforming the veteran drivers. And that's not true. I'm just saying that Denny Hamlin could, is ready to walk away. You know what I'm saying? Um, obviously he wants that championship. And I, I would say, if Denny Hammond were to win the championship, he would walk away. So, uh, I just think Den- I just think Denny Hamlin has a lot of good racing left in him. I I don't see him as it's the same with Martin Truex Jr. and I feel like Martin Truex Jr. You know he didn't get that opportunity to drive elite cars till so late in his career that I feel like he's gonna want to hang on for a while to basically make up for loss. I think these guys will stick around long enough to 23 XI gets four car field. And you also wonder, you know, we talk about 2311 expanding, but, you know, we got to see what Bubba Wallace does in that car too. Obviously you can't make any judgments off four races in, but you know, how, how locked in is Bubba Wallace in that 23 car? You know, if, if, that team's adding cars and looking and Toyota's looking to move their young guys up from Xfinity to cup. If Bubba Wallace isn't winning races in that car and putting up results, how much of a, is Bubba Wallace on a short leash with that team or is he their guy and they're sticking with him for years to come? No matter what dictate on sponsorship dollars, which Bubba Wallace has Buku of right now. Yeah, he has a lot of that. He has a lot of that. I think that's what it comes down to. However long that sponsorship dollars is there is how long Bubba Wallace will be there. But, you know, it makes you think, too, though, because a lot of these guys, Brandon Jones, Harrison Burton, in the Xfinity Series, they have sponsorship. That's why I said you're going to see 23XI as a four-car team within two or three years. That'll be uh, interesting to follow. And there's been, you know, rumors too about an unnamed cup team switching to Toyota too, which people are saying could be JTG Doherty racing, but there's obviously been no confirmation there or anything. So you can throw whatever team name you want out there and, and maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but that might be, if that turns out to be the case, there might be even more seats yep. there for Toyota. I think that's then. definitely a possibility. I think Toyota is definitely looking to expand their Cup Series program to as many as they can get, um, and obviously it's going to take some time. But I think they're they're headed on the right track. You got guys in the Xfinity Series that need to uh, need some more development and time to develop there, and that gives them time to to do that on the Cup Series side. That's for sure. And uh, you know we've gotten way out on a on a discussion here, but a, a good discussion at that, but we'll circle back to the, the truck series and John Hunter Neiman check where this discussion started, but second place in that race was Kyle Bush and a couple Kyle Bush things. First off, uh, we had a debate Friday night after the race. I don't think Kyle Bush was at the end of that race 
when he was in second. I don't and on that last restart, I don't think he was completely pushing the issue as hard as he would have if it was a GMS truck leading or, or he was beside on the restart. I just think he wanted to make sure, make sure that he protected the win for one of his trucks and didn't want to chance anything there and give John Hunter a chance. So I feel like in that situation, Kyle – I'm not. I'm not saying he completely laid back, but I don't think he pushed the issue. Yeah, no, I have to completely otherwise. disagree with that. I mean, it's Kyle Busch we're talking about. This guy wants to win in anything and everything. It is would push his grandmother out the way to win if he could. Um, what's he care about his truck? I mean, hell, he he could wreck his own truck if he wanted to for a win. I said I just don't think he had the truck. Uh, once he pushed John Hunter out there and turned one. He was gone. He just didn't have anything for him. I think now if it was on the longer run, Kyle well, had more of a long run thing, truck. But, but. As you saw, he worked his way up through the field there. Um, and he also got a little bit of damage there throughout the race. So I just don't think he had the piece to to push the issue. Um, that, that's how I saw it. But that's the thing right there. You know, you mentioned on that restart, he pushed John Hunter out there and – you know, if that's a couple of GMS trucks, is he shooting shooting the bottom? Well, if it's a couple of GMS trucks, he's probably not pushing them. You know, I mean, that's just how it goes on the restart. Yeah, but other than that, he 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 was trying to get the win. I just feel like he would have been a lot more aggressive on that restart in the late going. If I, I don't if know, I mean, these trucks just truck take there. so long to get wound up. I mean, I just. If you go three wide, you're you're almost liable to have to back out of it, and then you you really cost yourself the race. So I, said, I, I don't think there's any chance in it hell that he just rolled over and said, "Oh, I'm not going to race this guy that hard. Let him win." And like I say, that's not like I'm not saying he completely was just letting him go, but I don't. I like my my whole thing is just. I don't think he pushed the issue as hard as he would have if it wasn't one of his. Yeah, trucks. I guess we'd agree to disagree. Yeah, and the other part of that race and Kyle Busch and all that is, um, uh, the Kyle Busch's spin. You know, he had a flat tire and uh, he was running, running up on the top, controlling it, trying not to tear the fender off, and then he got to the flat part of the track, spun it around. I think. Pretty much everybody who's ever watched one of these races knows what happened there. We see it all the time. And after the race, you know, people, oh, you know, it's it's Kyle Busch. So they tried to get him to say, like, you know, did did you uh, did you do that on purpose or or what happened on the spin there? Because I mean, even Austin Dillon mentioned on TV, Austin Dillon was like, oh, he controlled it pretty good on the fast part and then lost it on the flat slow part. That's crazy. Basically called him out for that on the broadcast. And then Bob Pockris asked Kyle Busch what happened on the spin. Kyle said nope and refused to give any indication into what happened there. And, I mean, I think that's the right way to do it. You know, we saw, you know, just if you're going to do that, just do it and don't run your mouth and there's not going to be any consequences. You know, we saw Bubba Wallace do the same thing and then ran his mouth to the media and was proud of how he did it on purpose. And he ended up getting fined 50, was 50, 60 grand for that. And so the precedent's been set, you know, when Bubba Wallace did that, he talked and admitted to it and got himself fine. So why would Kyle give any, and everybody knows what happens there. So like, why, why would he even? Yeah. I mean, I think NASCAR needs to start doing something about it, to be honest. Um, I, I have a solution for that. 
And well, I was wondering what you think of the solution. So I think you spin your car out, you go two laps down. You spin out. If you spin out and it leads to a caution, you go two laps down. It's that simple. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, yeah, no, people I mean, don't do it on purpose. Well, control your car. Like, if you spin out and it leads to the caution, it's an automatic. You're two laps. No, you're I, I don't think for two no. laps. You're two laps now. I mean, we have we have that's data my solution, on these cars, and we can see exactly the throttle trace and exactly the brake and the steering input of all of these drivers. I think you. I mean, I said I, I think it just pleases itself that if you. I, I guess that's it's it's tough either way. Um. Because there's some guys, you know, you can say like, you know, just look at the data and, you know, make it a judgment call every time. But, you know, there's some guys who are just truly untalented and they're just going to lose these cars and it might even look intentional sometimes. But so I, that's, I, that's why I say I think an easy solution is if, if you have a spin that leads yeah, to a I don't caution, like that, you're two laps but down. I think there's somewhere so, in, the med- med- in the middle that we can meet on that. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but I think that's a little too far extreme. Um I just don't see what the negative. Because I mean, you could just because like get, there should be get, a punishment for sideways coming out of the corner, like, and that brings out a caution, but you didn't hit anything, and now your race is over. That's terrible, terrible idea. I mean, I, I just like, I, like I say, I mean, I just think the solution to anything is just control your car, like, and you know, if somebody gets a little sideways off the corner. That's not going to bring a caution out, but if somebody fully spins around in front of the field and it leads to a caution, it's one of the worst the field or whatever takes happens, you've ever had. Like a <laughs> well, we'll definitely agree to disagree, but I think I think you completely solved that issue. Of the guy, well, I think you, if you have a flat tire and you if, spin on the apron, you then you're two laps down. But if you spin when you're on the racing surface, that's completely different. Yeah, I just uh, I, I I stick with my I'll stand by I stand by my rule change. That's been my uh talk my about idea losing fans. So uh, <laughs> if my driver spins. Hell, I'm done with watching the race. Hey, in. I don't, it's over. I mean, it's not impossible to come back from two laps down, but you're putting yourself in a deficit. So control your car. I want to see you control one of them. <laughs> I don't race cars. I'm not pretending to do it either. It's like I don't need to be a five star chef to tell you a, a steak's overcooked. If a steak's overcooked, it's overcooked. I don't care how good a chef you are. Teach their own, bud. I think that's a hot take. So, so um, that's the thing. Like, you know that that's just my solution to the issue. But and then, so you know, if, if you're running NASCAR, what would your? I said I don't have one off the top of my head, but I'm sure I'll come up with one for next week. How about that? Yeah, we can do that. But um, yep, there it is again. Uh, I I can't stop doing that. No matter, I'm addicted to doing that. I guess, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty good truck race overall, though. Uh, I thought it was an entertaining race. And good for John Hunter Nemechek. Uh. Any other stories bring up from that race? Oh, yeah, Corey Roper had a really gnarly hit. So just a testament to the safety of these NAS trucks, NAS cars. Uh, it was a really scary, wicked hit that he took. So glad to see he was able to walk away. 
Um, other than that, no, I can't really think of anything. I was tu- I was tuned into the uh, the truck the- for most of it. The the truck racing at Las Vegas is so good. That's, that's my takeaway. Like it's uh, like the, I don't the trucks. Yeah, I feel like the truck race is almost there. the best race of the weekend. Every weekend, guaranteed. I think you know it depends on the weekend and all, but it's just consistently at Las Vegas. Those restarts, it's like a super speedway. The way the trucks race there, it's just whatever they have going on with the truck package, and it, it just fits perfectly at las vegas like the racing has just been so good yep. there for years so oh yeah good for las vegas but uh as far as the xfinity series i missed most of that race so i'll let you take over that one i was out and about on saturday yeah so i mean I another like caution fest just like the truck race um it was good racing all day uh you had comers and goers the track kind of changed throughout the day because it cooled off um yeah, and then AJ Allmendinger didn't really walk, uh, stink it up, but he had the dominant car throughout the day. You could kind of just tell that he was going to win the race. Yeah, when I when I put the race on with about twenty to go, you know, I saw Daniel Hemrick was leading the race, and I thought it might finally be Daniel Hemrick today. And then I saw that big wreck with Ty Dillon, where his Spider's batteries went out, and a bunch of cars got piled up in that. I think Daniel Hemmer, uh restarted first, got passed by A.J. Allmendinger yeah. and never got back to him. Tires were also really king in the race. Um, there was but, a turning point there. I think a caution came out in the middle of a pit cycle and kind of sh- shake things up and put the guys that were running up front in the middle of the pack. So you had a little bit of shake up there. Um, and then the dominant car ended up coming back to win. Yeah, uh, AJ Allmendinger is going to win a lot of races this season. He's in a full time ride. He's a guy with so much experience, and you know one of the best opportunities of his career to to win races. You know he's in a Cup Series for the long time, but ne- wasn't necessarily in race winning equipment. It really anywhere along the way in his NASCAR journey. But you know this is probably the best op- you know race win opportunity every week of his career, where every week he's going to have a chance to win races with college racing so that's that's awesome and good for yeah AJ. no doubt they uh, college team on the xfinity side they've really hit on something and they're building a hell of a program and and shout out to uh to to daniel hamrick too because he's been so close so many times in this series and he's gonna break through and, and win one of these races because he hasn't won a race in xfinity with rcr or gibbs anywhere he's been, but he's been so good in this series and everything he's gotten in has been so close so many times. So he's going to break through and it's going to be an awesome day for him. He's going to do a backflip when he wins. He, you know, he's said from the start, he was doing that before, you know, when he was younger, before Carl Edwards even started doing it. So don't, uh, don't be surprised when Daniel Hamrick finally wins one of these <laughs> things and gets out and does a backflip. And don't say he stole that from Carl Edwards either. But good for uh, good for good for uh, good for Daniel Hamrick, good for AJ Allmendinger, and I mean, like I say, I missed most of that race. Yeah, me neither. Really, I mean, it, it. it was kind of the standard Las Vegas race. Um, again, two, three wide racing throughout the pack. 
Uh, the Xfinity program or package is probably the best package. I'd love to see the Cup Series go back to something like that. It's unfortunate we're not. But, yeah, we move on to the Cup Series. Well, you speak about the Cup package and not liking it, but I'd say that package worked out pretty damn good on Sunday because that was an amazing Cup race on Sunday at Las Vegas. Yeah, it was a good race. Uh, You saw three or four wide throughout the field, throughout, uh, I guess, probably the first 15 laps of each green flag run. Um, At one point, hell, you had three wide for about two laps. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, that that that's stage one of that race. You know, in this era of stage racing, is you know one of the best stages in a mile and a half race I can remember. And like I say, in this entire era, like going back to maybe like that Chicagoland race in 2018, where that stage two of that Chicagoland race was some of the best racing I've ever seen. And throughout that race, that's one of the best races I've ever watched. I think anybody's ever watched. But going back to that, I think just that stage one at Las Vegas, some of the best racing of the stage era. You had comers and goers. Like you said, you had the three wide, three by three by three for about two straight laps, not even exaggerating, just crazy racing, comers and goers. I think one thing to bring up with the package is something I've been complaining about for years with this package. And even even before it is, I had I had been saying tires don't matter at a lot of places anymore because it just seemed like Goodyear couldn't get the tire compound right at a lot of places. You know they weren't wearing, but it, it seems like through research and development and, and whatever else. I mean I'm not an expert in in that field, but it seems like they finally gotten those. The, yeah, I mean the I think what the, right. when they started this package, it's been really fun to see so much freaking downforce and grip that. Goodyear had to bring a durable tire that doesn't wear out before they can kind of scale it back and figure out where they're at. Um, hopefully, I mean, so, like I said, it's kind of ridiculous how quickly NASCAR would change its packages because well, we've only had this package, what, two years now? Um, and Yeah, it started, started in 2019. Okay, so it was only going to be two years, year but now we've got an extra year. Um so, yeah, I think the Goodyear's finally coming around to building a tire that's capable of withstanding these loads and understands how much fall-off they need to give these guys. Um, we're going to see that again in – I guess we'll see it again in Phoenix because that's always kind of short-track tires. Um, and then you're going to see it again at Atlanta, which obviously always eats tires up. So, next couple of races should be good with comers and goers and long run versus short run and how much tires are going to matter and how early you pit should make for interesting strategy. If if, if this was 2019 and and we were at Las Vegas, like Kyle Larson or or Joey Logano would have won that stage one where those guys fell back so much because the tires wear off. And I think that's just improvements they made with the package and the tires over the years where if those guys stayed out, uh, they would have won that stage. But with these tires wearing out, you know, both of those guys were on the front row for the restart, and I don't think either of them finished in the top ten in the stage, and that just goes to show how how far they've come, and tires should matter. You know, you shouldn't be able to stay out on 20, 30-lap old tires and be just as fast as 
guys on freshmen. So that should not be the case anywhere we go under any circumstance. And that was the case for us. Something, you know, I get really frustrated about. You know, Michigan was a place as an example where I, I felt like every time we went to Michigan that, you know, we just had rocks. It's and also because it just got repaved. Like, and it, yeah, and but that and that's the thing. That's so part of that is yeah, it's a fresh surface, but you can also develop a tire, you know, a softer tire that's going to wear out more, and that's that's what they get paid to do. That's what they're under contract to do, and you know, as the years have come along, you know, we'll see what happens at other tracks the rest of this year. But it seems like they've they've finally gotten that figured out with this package, and I feel like that's part of what's leading to good racing and. And, you know, leading them to more strategy, you know, you know, you could just have a whole load of guys staying out and it doesn't even matter and everything was pretty routine. But like I say, tires matter yeah, again. Hopefully we see the trend move. continue. Um, I also tell you that the Vegas race reminded me a lot of the I don't know if it was a Goodyear test or if it was a NASCAR sanctioned test. Back in like January or December of 2018, there they had they ran at Las Vegas. They tested these cars for like 20 lap runs at Vegas, and that's the video from that is what the race reminded me of on Sunday. Yeah, and it took them a while to get to that, but yeah, I remember when they first did that test, and people are like, "Oh, this is what the race is going to be like." Every well, it was week. also said it, it was twenty lap runs, so I mean, it, it is like that every week for twenty laps. But then, after twenty laps, you start seeing some fall off. So, yeah, I mean, then the racing was good. Like, you know, people complain that there's no green flag passing for the lead at this package. Like, you know, that Kansas race last year is kind of a, a race that was indicative of that, but. You know, we saw green flag passes for the lead. You know, Kyle Larson drove up and, and took a lead, like five, the guy who eventually won this race. He took the lead under green, like, on yeah, I think five that also, occasions. I mean, if, if dominant car is out front, it's kind of tough to, to see passing. You know what I'm saying? So I think it all, it, it just depends week to week. But the, whatever, the, the package worked exactly as it was designed this weekend because that was an amazing race at Las Vegas, Las Vegas. And like, that's as good as uh, a race as, you know, if, if you don't, if some, if somebody was still complaining and like I saw people on Reddit, for example, like I saw the term for the first time in my life. I don't know if you've heard somebody like people were calling it a fake good race because they're still mad about the package. Like, I don't even know what that means. If it's a good race, it's a good race. If it's good racing, it's good racing. And if you're still mad about the package, even after watching that race this past weekend, it's just one of those deals. I said the same thing last week about the Homestead race. I don't know what more we have for you. If if you can watch that race about uh, Las Vegas this past weekend and, and walk away uh, and not have been entertained by that. Yeah, race. that's why I don't get on Reddit anymore. Day. You have a bunch of morons on there who think they know NASCAR. Um, and like I said, regardless if you like this package or not, we only have 10 more races with it. So, but, um, yeah, I just did that again. I don't know how, what the count's up to now. I'm tired of it. But 
good racing all throughout and, and good for uh, Kyle Larson to get his first win with Hendrick Motorsports. We'll shift gears and talk about Kyle Larson and probably the first winner this year. That wasn't a surprise going into the day, I'd say, uh, after some of the surprise, the surprise winners, the first few races and the parody. This is one Kyle Larson wins. You know, that's this guy that's going to win a lot of races this year. And, you know, we had our bet dating back to last fall that Kyle Larson was going to win five races this year. And we're four races in, and, and, and Kyle Larson has been a factor to win all four of these races so far. So he's he's going to be a force to be reckoned with this year, and he's going to run a, a, a lot of races. I think he might end up blowing that number. Yeah, I mean, the only time will tell. We'll see. But yeah, it's good to see Kyle Larson. Back in victory lane. Um, good to see the five car back in victory lane, especially with that Ricky Hendrick paint. Yeah, that was an awesome paint scheme. And Kyle Larson was able to win in that. And I feel like as Kyle Larson continues to compete for these wins and have these runs, you know, people talk about uh, the sponsorship on that car and Rick Hendrick's funding that car out of his pocket completely right now. But if Kyle Larson keeps winning these races like this, sponsors are going to start flocking to him because the companies aren't going to be able to watch these races and see that number five car up front and know that car's not funded by a and they're they're oh yeah they're no doubt I mean car, any that car that, that runs up front if, if is, is going to have sponsorship opportunities. Um, I know it's kind of tough for sponsors right now to take a chance on Larson. Uh, just because of the backlash that you'll get with the cancel culture, which we all know is toxic. Uh, but yeah, I think you'll see the sponsors start coming in if he if he keeps winning, the sponsors will will be knocking on the door to get their their name on that car. Absolutely, with that, and uh, so good, good, for, good for him. And uh, we go down the line. Brad Keselowski had a really fast car too, and. He definitely, you know, he said after the race, uh, it would have been a dominant day if Kyle Larson wasn't here. So he had a really fast car, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, as always. And some uh, some good runs. Eric Jones had a fast car and was able to run top 10. So that's an awesome run for, for that team because that wasn't any strategy or anything going into that. That was a legitimate top 10 run for Richard yeah, I certainly sports, wouldn't have so had awesome to see. the 43 team getting their first top 10 before 23XI in Bubba. So that was kind of a surprise to me. Um, and Bubba's just had some terrible luck to start the season. So when, when they get this thing turned around, look out for them because they're, they're due for some good luck. Yeah, he. there's been some, you know, of course, it's Bubba Wallace, and a lot of people don't like him. So, you know, people are piling on them. You know, you listen to Sirius NASCAR radio and listen to those callers. You know, that's another place where it's, I, I question why I even listen to that station a lot of times. And, and people piling on Bubba Wallace, but they've, like you say, they've, they've just had no luck with that team. And once they get things figured out, you know, we know that they have fast cars and they're going to go to. And they're going to go to places, too, that Bubba runs good at, like Martinsville and, and Bristol and, and the plate tracks and run good. But once they're able to work out some of this luck, Bubba's definitely going to need to string some, to string together some yep. good runs to, to make a statement. 
And how about that? Uh, that near near incident with Anthony Alfredo and Alex Bowman when Alex Bowman was coming to pit road and nearly yeah, got kind of a bonehead move by, by Anthony Bowman Alfredo. there. I mean, obviously what you got to get down move. and trying to pit, um, but not not the best time to to try to do that when you have half the pack coming down and at full speed. Yeah, he he almost got completely smoked, and that was almost ugly. But he didn't, and he was able to get. Yeah, but I, mean, I believe that was when they had the flat tire there. Uh, yeah, and that really kind of killed their day. I had him in yeah, that's in exactly our fantasy and put a put a hurting on my my pickums there. So I should be picking uh pretty close to the front this week. Yes, yeah, spe- speaking of guys, we picked in fantasy that. Ended up getting screwed late in the race. I had Matt Benedetto, and they ended up ran top ten all day. You know he's up in the top five early. He had Matt Benedetto had a fast car. We know with two second place finishes at Las Vegas last year, that's a good track for that team. And they had a pit stop late, and their air gun went out in the middle of the stop, and they got three tires changed on the car. And so obviously, with I've I've never even heard of that, but. Three tires ain't going to work as good as four. So they got out on the track and immediately started going backwards and had a car that should have finished solidly inside the top ten. Yeah, they should have done. Five, I can't remember if it was in the Xfinity race or the cup it. race. But one team, they, the front air gun jammed and the rear tire changer came up and finished the stop for them. So they should have just done that instead of putting three on. That's kind of silly. But that obviously we go back. I go yeah, back to the pit didn't work out or that, them, you know, that move by the rear tire changer. It honestly reminded me of the heads up awareness that uh, Chase Elliott's, I believe it was the gas man last year had when he jumped back on the wall at Phoenix before they started the pit stop and saved their save their day. Uh, Martinsville. Yeah, okay, yeah, I knew it was at the end of the year at Martinsville, um, but I remember. It. Yeah. And, and Chase went on to win that race and locked himself in and obviously eventually go on to win the championship. But, you know, that was a run that the 21 team and Matt Benedetto they, they needed to have, and, and they didn't end up getting that. that run. They, got a, they got some stage points at least, but P16 is not going to cut it because they're still sitting 30th in points right now. And as we look at the cut line, they're sitting sixth. Uh, math is not my strong suit. What's uh, 90, 38, that's 52. So they're 52 points out right now. So obviously you can make that up over the course of the season, but you got to think he's going to have to jump however many guys to get that. And, you know, you look at 29, for example, to see like what they're still sitting behind. Corey LaJoy has finished, has gotten one point the last, has gotten two points total the last two races in the 21 cars. Yeah, not a good start the seven to the season for that bunch. It's another team that, uh, when they get the things rolling right, they they're due for a lot of good luck. Speaking of guys who, who need good runs too, you know, Stuart Haas Racing, they just they were out all four cars were just out to lunch on Sunday. Eric Almarola and Chase Briscoe both sit pretty far down the run of the run in points, so not sure what's up at Stuart Haas Racing, but it yeah, is certainly not way off from where they were last year. At least the four tar- four team. I mean, I know they had some damage to the car. Yeah, they're gonna. 
But even still, on the start, they were way off. They dropped back to like 15th and then were able to work their way out to 10th again, but just didn't have the speed that they needed at all. Oh, they did not. So not a good run for that group, but not much more to say about the race. We've been going on for a while, so we'll uh, move on to Phoenix and make some picks there real quick and for the outlaws and get out of here. And On to Phoenix, we got Xfinity and Cup um, this weekend. Um, let's see. Xfinity Series, I'm going to take the 19 of Brandon Jones. Guy that yeah actually beat Kyle Busch straight up here last, last year. Uh, drove drove to the outside of Kyle Busch and I guess one and two now, but put a put a whipping on Kyle Busch here last year. So that's my pick. So you got Brandon Jones in the Xfinity series. For the Xfinity series, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Justin Allgaier. It's a track he always runs good at, and he's had some tough luck to start the season too. But I think they'll start to get the ship turned around the seven car this weekend. Yeah, you got solid pick. He runs good at these type of tracks. He swept Richmond last year, so they will definitely have the notebook and the notes to run well here. And as I'll let for you the start. series, what are you? Uh, what are you looking at? So, for the Cup Series, racing at Phoenix, we just raced here, what, three races ago, obviously, in the season finale, and Chase Elliott had the dominant car here last time, so he's going to be tough to beat. But I'm going to go ahead and pick Brad Keselowski to win this race. Uh, he, We know he ran good in all the short tracks in the 750 package races here last year, and if his pit crew didn't kind of didn't let him down in that season finale, he definitely would have been more of a factor in that race and had a chance. So I'll say uh, Brad Keselowski kind of gets redemption for that championship race last year and gets his first win of the season, starting from the pole. I think he's going to lead a lot of laps. He's going to have the dominant I'm going to go with the hometown kid, Alex Bowman. He runs really well here. Um, I I think back to the days when he subbed in the 88 and damn near almost won the race, but also took out Matt Kenseth in the process. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, I think Hendrick keeps up this dominance. Yeah. They're fast AF right now. And with uh, Bowman needing to get a win, obviously, like I said, we, they were fast there last year with Chase winning the championship. Um, uh, yeah, I think Alex Bowman pulls out the win this weekend. That'd be a huge win for Bowman. You bring up that incident in 2016 when he took out Matt Kenseth. Let me just say. If he was not driving the 88 car, oh, he'd yeah. be a pariah for that incident. Because, yeah, I, I like, and it, it's fine. I remember I put in like a Reddit race thread and criticized him for that. And, uh, you know, we already, you already mentioned those people are idiots earlier and people would not let you say anything bad. But that was not a smart move and took out a car that was probably going to yeah, be. Yeah, I believe uh, that Kyle Bush able to get into. Miami that year because of that. Yeah, I think, yep, I think you're right. I think that's, I remember it was before that, Kenseth was leading and it was Kyle and Joey. Yeah, I think that's how it played out. That last spot. 
And uh, another, you know, just something to think about for, for this weekend. We've had some awesome tracks so far this year and some awesome races. And this is the track we crown our champion at. And if this race ends up being a dud this weekend after some of the amazing races we've had, there's going to be a lot of pressure on NASCAR. And, like, I don't know. After last year, that wasn't a great championship race. Uh, if if the racing at Phoenix does not improve, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep the, the championship there long term. I don't know how you what you think about that. But after the great racing we've had to open this season, this this track that we crown a champion at has Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say what you define as a good race. I mean, I felt like the championship race last year was a pretty good race. So, pretty good race. I mean, once Chase Elliott got out front, you know, he drove away. It wasn't, you know, any really any car that got out front other than that racing at the end of stage two, you know, yeah, clean air. It was just, just a tough place to pass. So, I don't know. I just view it where if, if the racing here doesn't get a lot better, you know, it's just not going to be a place that they can keep. And I don't know. Maybe the plan. I don't think it is. To keep the I think we're seeing the championship move like every three years right. or so from what I can understand. Can, from what I can gather from it. I don't think we see it long term there at Phoenix. So. And I would love it. And I, I think it should be that way. And obviously, you know, they're going to want to keep it in warm weather places so you can rule out certain tracks. But, I mean, I don't know. It would be awesome to crown champion at Martinsville one year and, you know, maybe even crown the champion at Bristol one year. I don't think you can risk that up in the mountains with it getting snowed out. No, I think they would do it. At I that mean, time of year, potentially. Yeah, races get snowed out in April. I can see it happening. What I hope that though would, it doesn't happen is that they move it to Texas. Would, uh, I would be absolutely pissed if they do that. I'm honestly pissed. I the think they're smarter Texas, than to Texas do that. Texas is god awful these days. I think it was a good. No, I think yeah, I will say this year was a solid trade off, but the All Star race I mean, at Texas is terrible, man. They they absolutely ruined that track. The, the the problem was Eddie Gossage was that what's the, who's the the promoter there? What's the, Eddie Gossage. Eddie Gossage was not going to give up one of his dates. So the only way and he had a deal where no other track in the state of Texas could get a race. So the trade off to get Circuit of the Circuit of the Americas on the schedule was for Eddie Gossage to get the All Star race and Circuit of the Americas to get uh, a regular season race. So I think to sacrifice the all-star race basically and have, have that at Texas in order to get circuit to the Americas. On yeah. The I mean, it, I think that's a good trade. You say that they, uh, I mean, they kind of still have the rights to it though, because, uh, Coda is a speedway motorsports race now. So it's interesting how they got away with that, but also didn't somehow. Um, it's kind of weird. And yeah, they ended up working out a deal to to get that, but uh, I think that's unfortunately going to end lead to if Texas it only gives us one damn uh, but cup real cup race there, I'll take it. 
And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. And, uh, you know, who, uh, who ends up getting that championship race going down the road? Because, like I say, I just – I think Homestead was the perfect place for it, but I think it's a better racetrack than Phoenix straight up. And we'll see what happens with the racing here at Phoenix. You know, if we miraculously flip a switch, and the racing at Phoenix – is amazing and we've had good races at phoenix but i just don't think it's one of our better racetracks and we'll see if that's a narrative that has we've heard a lot of people in the industry and a lot of fans say and we'll see if that yeah, be narrative at watch. some point starts to flip but with that being yeah. said uh, oh we got oh, outlaws picks this weekend Donnie Schott's going to get number 300 this weekend. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's, gonna be that's a story definitely the biggest story in the outwalls right now. When is when is Donnie going to get 300? Um, yeah, Friday night, you got Magnolia Speedway in Columbus, Missouri. And then Saturday night, you go to, I guess, is that Missouri or Mississippi? MS. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Magnolia Speedway in Mississippi. And then Saturday night at the Rev in Monroe, Louisiana. I don't really know anything about these tracks, or so anything I say about them is going to be a shot in the dark and a guess. Um, but, hell, why not go with any of the favorites? Uh, I'll let you start. You can pick Friday night for us. Logan Shuhart, I, It's hard night, to, hard to argue that, um, but to keep this thing fresh and interesting... I will go with Casey Kane Friday night. Casey Kane, what a freaking that would be an amazing moment if Casey Kane's able to get get to victory Casey Kane Friday. So that would um, be sweet. Saturday night. Logan Schuhart. Sweet. All right. Yeah, we'll be at Darlington. Well, That's we got our Mother's Darlington Day weekend. Tickets, uh, we're also looking them. to get some Charlotte tickets this week. So we're looking to keep, get some content for you guys from at the track. If you're playing, if anybody's listening to this and they're planning on going to any of these races, by the way, get your tickets ordered because – we, we're still doing the limited capacity game for now. I don't know how long that nonsense is going to keep up. But for now, Richmond sold out. Martinsville sold out. Talladega sold out. Atlanta sold out. Uh, Bristol Dirt sold out. Now, uh, my ticket guy said next week he's expecting Darlington to sell out. So that's why you know I, I told you to probably see about getting Charlotte tickets this week because if you're planning on going to any of these races – I would get your ticket sooner rather than later because you're going to end up. De- I ordered my Atlanta ticket the day before Atlanta tickets sold out, and my ticket wasn't even a guaranteed ticket. So if you want to go to any of these races, I highly, highly advise you to probably call your ticket. Yeah, and you can't always rely on uh, what your soon. state's guidelines are because I believe Alabama is opened up fully, uh, full capacity for everything because you got to think nascar supersedes all of that nascar is not going to allow uh certain certain things to go on under their watch because they got a they got a lot of sponsors and people to please so 
Even if the state's fully opened, it doesn't mean it's going to be full capacity. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what it comes down to. Like I say, I don't know how long that, you know, like they answer the sponsors and right now the sponsors don't want to have to deal with the backlash of people on Twitter complaining that there's too many people in the grandstands and not wearing masks and that nonsense. So that's why we're we still we're still where we are and we'll still be there for the next few months at least. So like if you yeah, if you plan on going to any races within the next few months and there's tickets on sale, like say call your ticket reps, get on the websites and get your tickets ordered because they're going quick. And that's a good thing because that means Yeah, a lot I mean last we weekend at Vegas it was really good races. to see the stands full or as full as they could be. Um I don't know how many people they allowed, but even on TV it looked like it was pretty damn pretty damn full there on the front stretch. Yeah, they said 12,000, and that place looked packed. And that's why some of these numbers with, like, the amount of tickets being sold, uh, I, you know, I mean, that place, that's the most, that place seeds, what, 60,000, 70,000 yeah. people, and it's 12,000 people. It's good they for them. Packed. Thank good on the fans for showing up. Um, I hope this continues to trend, and we continue to see the, the numbers increase of fans in the stands. So, yeah, with that being said, get your tickets ordered and hope you enjoy the podcast. Anybody who's listened this far, tweet us, tweet this link, share with your friends, get us out there. We're we're going to keep clicking away the podcast, whether one people, one person listens or 30 people. We're, we're enjoying yep. our time doing this, so we're going to keep clicking away with it. So, with that being said, everybody. I appreciate it, bud. You have Y'all enjoy week. episode Derek, 12 here. Good night. And uh, 13, no okay, 13. 13. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, Casey Mears. All right, bud. See but, uh...